Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and the evils all around us. Evil! Evil! I'm Alicia Herter. Evil! I'm Tara Kett. I very much reminded me of the SpongeBob episode with Mermaid Man and Barnacle yes. Boy. That was what I was going for. I don't think I nailed it. It's been several years since I've seen that. <laughs> Maybe even a decade. Are you Barnacle Boy or are you Mermaid Man? I always kind of like the cynicism of Barnacle Boy a bit. I felt mm -hmm. Barnacle Boy at the time. Mm -hmm. But maybe as I've grown, I've become more Mermaid Man. And I mean, they're both just adorable. Yes. I mean, I love senior citizens. So do I. Is it that you either die a Barnacle Boy or you see yourself turn into a Mermaid Man oh. as you age? Maybe. I mean, I feel like that is. You either have like, the nice old person or the mean old person. Is there really an in-between? Can you be an in-between old person? You could be dead. Oh. That is very true. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. Continuing on. <laughs> on today's episode, you're getting very sleepy. Hypnosis. Hypnosis. Hypnotism. What? So crazy. Witches in the news and a spell to banish envy. Get out of here. Envy! <laughs> Eva! <laughs> Don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. I mean, you should be jealous of me. Right? That's the vibe. Yeah. People should be jealous. When you were growing up and like girls were mean or you had like bad interactions, like did you have a mom or an adult woman be like, she's just jealous of you? No, because I learned very early on that you don't tell your parents anything. Oh. That's what happens. I think when you read too many books and you're mm -hmm. like, wow, they're so misunderstood. I would probably also be misunderstood. So let's mm -hmm. just not even try to be understood. Let's keep it all in. No journals even, because you know she's reading them. Yeah. It was crazy. I had a... This was very shady, actually. I oh, auditioned oh. for, like, a middle school play or something. And maybe it w maybe I was in the play. I can't remember which one. I'm getting the years, like, intertwined now. But I might have been in a play, and the director had told me that they wanted, okay, I must have been in the play because the director had told me that they wanted this monologue to go to another girl who had a more modern look. What? And I was like, I told my grandma that and Grandma Herder was like, oh, you don't want to be a modern beauty because you're a classical beauty. <gasps> and I was like, I am. I am a classical like Grecian goddess beauty. Mm -hmm. You are. But also, what the fuck? I'm like 13. Way to hit a bitch while she's down. <laughs> you know? Come on. I just started having to use deodorant like two years ago. I'm not doing great right now. No. What a horrible thing to like, what kind of beginning of an insecurity that you would thrust upon a young woman. I don't know. Make up any excuse. Like, oh, she needs more time on stage or I don't know. Also, don't explain yourself. Yeah, just don't explain yourself. You're the adult. I don't even think I asked why. I was just like given an explanation like, okay. You know what though? Mm. That director? Mm -hmm. I'm jealous of you. Oh, 100%. Uh, I don't even remember her name. <laughs> Not at all. You are a beautiful classic beauty. I know. I am. And I'm a year 3000s beauty. Oh, a year 3000s. I'm 3000. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In other news, it's the Venus retrograde right now. Woo! I wonder if anyone's feeling it. Anyone feeling it? How's your love life, y'all? How are your interpersonal relationships? What, what interpersonal relationship crimes have been committed against you in the past couple of weeks? 
that you can tell no one about. Thumbs up or thumbs down. If it's thumbs down, you might be feeling it a little bit. That's okay. It's normal. You know what else is okay? What? Actually, even better than okay. Oh. You know what's actually really exciting? Is that we are approaching our 100th Patreon episode. <gasps> That's so many. What have we been doing with our time? This. This is what we've been doing. We have over 36 hours of extra bonus content, including videos, top secret witchy tea, and more. So last week, Alicia gave us a lowdown on The Green Man, a very solid, generously long episode about this green man who recently came into the political sphere mm-hmm. through the British royal family. Mm-hmm. And it probably has one of my like most favorite, like biblical, possibly fan fiction stories yes. I've ever heard. Really great. Worth it alone, I think, for that story. But I'm very into Bible fanfic. Yeah. Yeah. Or Cain and Schmabel. But it's a boy Schmabel. and a girl and they kiss. Oh, and they kiss. Oh, if they just kissed instead of killed each other. Wow, we would have been set up in a completely different direction. A very different. The world would have been better. And then next week, a summer spooktacular in the form of El Chupacabra. <gasps> El Chupacabra. It's more recent than you think. It's so scary. I like that there are just certain episodes where all I say throughout the whole thing is, this is so scary to me. Yeah. yeah. I hate this. My, my favorite thing is sometimes I'll edit one of like the really long, like those passion project episodes. Mm-hmm. And I know I've done a really good job or I picked a really good topic if like most of Alicia's comments are, what? <laughs> what? Why? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Hey, it's good to learn shit, you know? Yes. It's nice to know that in, in all of history, you are not the most embarrassing thing that's ever come out of Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, Massachusetts has a lot of embarrassments. Okay, but Alicia. Yes. What are we talking about today? Today we're talking about hypnosis. Have you ever been hypnotized? No, but my mom and my great aunt Jean went to see a hypnotist before I was born to stop smoking. Mm -hmm. And so my mom stopped smoking, but great aunt Jean, oh, she's still fucking chugging them to this day. (laughs) She's lipping and dipping, Mm -hmm. which I thought that was like such an interesting way to look at it. Like it doesn't work for everyone, but that is like a full like scientific study. Yeah. So it's just interesting how that worked out. Now tell us, hypnotism, you, Tara and hypnotists, hypnotherapy, any of it. Have I ever? Have you ever? Put a finger down if you. Uh, So I've done things that approach hypnosis in therapy. So I've done like EMDR and then I've done like a couple random, I forget the name of it, but it's like a, like a, a moving object hypnosis where you unpack memories and trauma Mm -hmm. and the whole idea behind a lot of it is that like when you have trauma however big or small it is it lives at the front of your brain right and that it feels like that the trauma or the danger is happening all the time it's kind of like when you were a little cave person and you, you knew there was a tiger in the jungle and you got attacked by the tiger and survived like your brain always has to kind of be on looking for the signals for tiger is approaching But now that we don't live in the tiger nightmare realm anymore, a lot of the way that our brain handles trauma is still trying desperately to keep us safe. So it keeps all these like nasty, horrible memories at the front to keep us safe when actually if you are in a safe environment with a safe health professional, you can file those back. So they're just memories and they aren't ever present. That's really cool. So with EMDR, a lot of it has to do with like rapid movement of sound Mm -hmm. like you wear headphones and it goes back and forth oh that's cool the movement one is where they'll take like a pen or a little baton and then like you'll just like sort of what's it called when you run your mouth you talk free association you just keep talking you keep talking and you just like whatever comes to mind you talk and then as they move this baton around your body you sense like where memories and stuff are stored and trauma is stored in your body so that you can freely move it up and out of your body that's really cool yeah but each time it kept coming back 
to stuff I didn't want to talk about. So I've worked through a lot of stuff with like EMDR and stuff like that, but like I've never graduated. Graduated. I never got my diploma. But I think that with hypnosis, like you are fully, for the most part, at the be- not the behest, but like you are kind of vulnerable to this other human being. You kind of like submit your control and your psyche over to this individual. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And it's all about like suggestibility. So you are in like control of your own body, mm-hmm. but you're just more open to different suggestions being made to you. It's very interesting. We'll talk about that a lot more as we get into it. But dude, how did we come to this point? How did how hypnotists did we get get, become a thing? Like what the fuck is up with this? So we've actually talked about hypnotism before. In March of 2022, we released an episode on clairvoyance. Oh. And when you talk about the Western study of the clairs, you cannot do so without mentioning the mesmerizer himself, Franz Mesmer. Is that him? cool? The name is sick. Yeah, it is. It's pretty good. It's a good name. How could you do anything else? No. So let's just do a really quick recap. Franz Mesmer, who again, you could do a whole episode on. I said this in the episode. We could do a whole episode on him. He was an 18th century German physician. I don't know if you can hear my air quotes. (laughs) And when I say physician, I mean physician in the way that like Cyrus Teed was a physician or Rasputin was a physician, (laughs) which is to say... They were all just very magical boys. Yes. Franz theorized that there was a universal energy fluid that flowed between all things and that this fluid could be manipulated to produce medical marvels. Oh. He began his practice by using magnets to influence the fluid within the body, just like the moon, Mm -hmm. and then concluded that the same results could be achieved by a laying on of hands. He coined this the theory of animal magnetism, which would later be rebranded by the public as mesmerism. I love this so far. Animal magnetism would go on to influence many grifters throughout the centuries. And to this day, the words mesmerism and hypnosis can be used interchangeably depending on the context of the procedure. So if you're up on stage getting made to cluck like a chicken, that's more mesmerism than let me hypnotize you so you're going to quit smoking, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Franz is eventually laughed out of the magical physician boy scene for getting a little too handsy. Benjamin Franklin did not approve of the entire affair. Wait, was it with Benjamin Franklin? Yeah, he went to go see one of his shows and he was like, this is a little too sexy. (laughs) I also, I do have to go back and fight in the American Revolution. (laughs) Franz Mesmer, just straight hand in the pants. Watch out. He's going to give your butt Mm -hmm. a little squeeze. Oof. But his influence was set in the minds of his pupils and his patients who would demand more treatments, right? They were like, something is happening. At what point does this get, like, culty? Like, mesmerism? Yeah. Like, I'm almost kind of surprised because cults have their own, like, brainwashing going on. Mm. But I'm actually kind of surprised you don't hear more about hypnosis with cults. It's a very, like, get out kind of concept. But, like, yeah. It's interesting. The suggestibility. Recently, there's been more research into therapy cults. Like a lot of the research on cults has been in the religious. Mm -hmm. And now we're moving more towards into therapy and MLMs, like, you know, bettering your career or whatever, like Nexium shit. I would not be surprised to find out that hypnosis was a big part of the therapy cult movement. Ooh, just weird shit. Stuff to keep in mind because our baby witches are so smart and they Mm -hmm. know not to trust anyone out there because you could be hypnotized you could at any moment a man could cut him up and wish a wish ah hypnotize you so don't look anybody Mm -hmm. wear sunglasses Mm -hmm. all the time even at night don't trust anyone one such influence back to franz mesber one such influence was set into the mind of james braid and the quote scottish school of common sense James Braid was a gentleman scientist. I love which I Googled, that. Right? He's got a little cane. <laughs> He's got a bow tie. A beard. A mustache. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellently combed. It's got beard oil in it, so it smells nice. Ooh. But also distinctly of liquor. Yes, of course. So I Googled this, this term, gentleman scientist, and it just means guy who fucks around in his free time. So any of us, you and I, we are gentlemen scientists. We are, we are definitely gentlemen scientists, dude. 
Though Franz Mesmer was a recently debunked laughingstock, the general consensus was that he was on to something. And it may not be a universal energy fluid affecting a woman's mind to rid her of hysteria, but there is evidence that if you put a human being in a particular state of mind, you can effectively co-pilot their brain. So they're saying this isn't supernatural. This is actually just psychology. That makes it worse, right? I know, right? It's just science. It's like the Bermuda Triangle. We were like, it's aliens. And then you were like, it's that at any moment, any ship could sink to the bottom of the sea. And we were like, no. No, 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 no. Braid was researching this rational mesmerism with his colleague William Benjamin Carter who had worked on the ideomotor reflex theory of suggestion. This is the idea that your focus on a particular outcome or an external suggestion can appear to influence reality, which is to say, here's an example. When you hold a pendulum Mm -hmm. and you think like make a circle, the pendulum will make a circle and that is because your body is making subconscious micro movements that you are not aware of and so then you could then think make a straight line and then the pendulum will do that what yeah i don't like this but maybe i do maybe i do like it i'm trying to figure out how to harness this for evil Mm -hmm. and my own personal agenda okay so is it because the pendulum's like close to you like how micro you have to touch the thing you have to touch the thing Mm -hmm. and it's that you are if you concentrate hard enough on the outcome of something your body will have these micro movements that you can't even feel and that you are not consciously doing that will affect the pendulum to make it do what you want it to do I feel like this is how you're gonna like fake the lie detector test and everything yeah 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 okay though that whole time I'm thinking like just don't shit yourself (laughs) shit yourself don't poop don't fart just lie about everything yeah So the gentleman scientists Braid and Carter were like, this is basically the same thing, this focus energy, but for the mind. And Braid came to find through experimentation that getting his subjects to focus on a particular external object was an important component of putting them into a hypnotic trance. So the story goes that once he was late for an appointment and his patient was stuck in the waiting room alone, just him, his chair, and a standing lamp. And for some reason, this patient fixated so intently on the standing lamp that his eyes glazed over and he put himself into a hypnotic state. I wonder what was so good about that lamp. I had naked ladies all over. (laughs) I don't know. Like it's I, I mean, if you're there long enough and this is the only thing in the room, it's basically solitary confinement. There's no receptionist. I think I would just like take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. But men do things differently. They stare at things and go into hypnotic states. Yeah, they're like, they don't even blink. Their eyes get really dry. (laughs) Combining this discovery with the ideomotor reflex example, James Braid began to use the swinging pocket watch, just Mm -hmm. like in the fucking movies, to help his patients focus their way into hypnosis. Hypnotism would continue to ping pong back and forth as a respected and junk science basically until today. There's a lot of people on both ends of the spectrum that are very vocal about how they feel about hypnosis. This is partially due to the fact that for a while, the patients of hypnotists are primarily women. And why are they going to see hypnotists for hysteria? Right? Their husbands (laughs) are sending them. One critic, Jean-Martin Charcot, claimed that hypnosis was simply a symptom of hysterical women. Oh, sure. Another facet is how it would continue to be used. So Sigmund Freud was initially a huge proponent of hypnosis. He would press his thumb on his patient's foreheads to help them concentrate. And then he'd use the opportunity to, quote, unearth repressed memories from his patients to explain their behavior. But here's the thing, is that when you do stuff like this, like extract hidden information from human psyches, it's really common that you'll unearth unintentionally fabricated memories, which is going to be a big thing in the 80s. We'll get into this at the end of the episode. Ooh, that's kind of crazy. But hypnotic and altered states aren't exclusive to men with tiny glasses and clipboards. Ancient Egyptian sleep temples go back 4,000 years to at least 2560 BC. 
In their research paper, The Resurrection of Ancient Egyptian Heritage of Sleep Temples, authors Engi El-Kalani and Islam Ignamal call this practice dream incubation, which is a very cool term. It is cool. I very much appreciate it. The ancient Egyptians connected sleep to death in the afterlife. So it's kind of like you go through a mini death every night. And participants would be placed in a hypnotic state by a practitioner chanting and spell casting. Then their hypnotic dreams would be interpreted to find the true root of whatever psychological symptoms they were suffering from. Okay, so it's very similar. It's like, you're getting very sleepy. Now tell me where you are. What do you feel? Da, 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 da. And then they say... Well, is your mother-in-law. Da, da, da. Okay. Mm-hmm. Once the root cause was discovered, the practitioner, with, of course, the help of the gods, would coax out these bad spirits and heal the participant's psychological state with the power of suggestion. Like, maybe you should go exercise. <laughs> maybe you should drink more water. I mean, probably more water in ancient Egypt. I think yeah. they're exercising enough. I think maybe you should be a better slave. Mm-hmm. This practice spread from Egypt to Greco-Roman temples where this form of hypnosis would be used to treat infertility, paralysis, and blindness. Which, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. Am I right? But um, Thank you. You're welcome. I got it. I got the joke. <laughs> I got the joke. I wonder if that's total blindness or it's like nearsightedness. Yeah, fair. Because they must have been able to see so much better than we see now. Or they would have all died, right? Well, isn't it's uh, nearsightedness is way more common now than it was like 50 years ago because of like the advent of computers and like we just don't and uh, all of us living in cities because we just don't have to look out that far. So our eyes like don't get the same muscles that they used to have, you know, your eye muscles. Yeah, eye muscles. My my eyes are thick boys. So, yes, they drink that muscle milk. Mm hmm. One thing hypnosis should not be mistaken for is meditation or spirit journeys. So when you're in a meditative state, you probably aren't that open to suggestion, right? You're like, I'm trying to focus on meditation. Mm -hmm. In fact, if someone were to suggest something to you, you might get mad because they're breaking your concentration. And if you've ever done one of those, like, I don't know if you've ever done this, like those guided meditations where they're like, Like, nothing takes me out of a meditative state faster than someone being like, now breathe in. And then I'm like, okay. Oh, like the Headspace app? Yeah. And then, like, and then you breathe out. And then, like, two seconds later, and they're like, well, breathe out. And I'm like, fuck, I did it wrong. I'm like, not. not (laughs) That's me all the time. I don't do those well. I don't know how they hold their breath for so long. The box breathing, yeah. And then a spirit journey looks different depending on your spiritual perspective. It might include the assistance of, consciousness raising drugs or a facilitator but one thing that can easily distinguish hypnotism and spirit journeys are that you are present for the spirit journey and as we'll find out a lot of hypnotism like can incorporate sleepy time Mm -hmm. okay on that topic we had a listener question ask if you can use hypnosis for shadow work and the answer actually is yes Since your subconscious is where your shadow resides, you can use hypnosis to uncover and address the shadow, which can help you better understand yourself. You may be able to release repressed emotions and heal past traumas or even break from self-sabotaging patterns. Maybe. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So I really just want the warning to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read the fine print. Please. Italics. Not FDA approved. And as science has progressed quite a lot from ancient times, there has been clinical research that shows hypnosis can work. It can help relieve pain and anxiety, be used in therapy sessions to overcome trauma, and even help with, like I talked about, stop smoking or even some weight loss and sleep. Like if you have a sleep disorder, you have problems sleeping at night, it can really help with your sleep patterns. And it can provide the user with a non-judgmental immersive experience, which sounds really cool. That strips away the fear and guilt and shame in that moment. So that's how you can kind of work through your problems because you're not putting these mental blocks on yourself. So how does this actually work? What should you expect when you're trying to get hypnotized? You can either ask your mental health provider about hypnosis or they may recommend you to try it. This is the whole like self-improvement kind of way that I'm looking at, not the the stagecraft way. So that would be a psychologist, psychiatrist, or other healthcare professional certified in hypnotherapy. But 
like what my mom and my great aunt Jean did. They just went to a hypnotist because, you know, it was the early 90s. It was probably like a fad thing to do at the time because everything comes so late to Indiana. It was probably the first time hypnosis ever made it there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, sure. Let's try it. Ha ha ha. Meanwhile, in California, they're in every Sears. Yeah. You can just go to Walmart, you get your picture taken, you go to the hypnosis doctor. So make sure when you go into a session, whether you go to a hypnotist privately or you're trying to do hypnotherapy, you need to know what your goal is. What are you trying to get out of this experience? And if you go with the psychologist, psychiatrist, healthcare professional route, they will first screen you with a suggestibility scale. And not everyone is equally susceptible to hypnosis, but research has found that about two-thirds of adults are. So there is a good chance that you are. I want to know if I am. I think you are. I don't think what? I am. You are a very suspicious woman. I am a very suspicious. I don't think I would do it at all. I'm so suspicious. I was even thinking that, honestly. If you want it, though, like if you really want it, do you think like... No, I think I'd still be like... Mm. She is a diamond. She cannot be penetrated. Scientists will be like, there is an asteroid coming to Earth. And I'd be like, mm, are you sure? I don't know. I want to do my own research. What's your agenda? <laughs> Everyone has an agenda. I just, I want to be well aware. Mm-hmm. And if it's not the gay agenda, I don't want to be a part yeah. of it. <laughs> my interests very, are very narrow. <laughs> very gay asteroid. Yeah. Then I love Super it. Super gay. I love it. The hypnotherapist will talk with you about what sort of sensory experiences make you feel safe. So they'll try to create these images of like a lakeshore retreat or a beach vacation. The hypnotherapist will conjure that imagery, focusing, for example, on the salt spray of the ocean, seagulls calling overhead, the sun kissing your skin to help you go deeper into the calming visualization. And then if done right, the patient's physical surroundings will just kind of melt away and you'll just be like very calm. Hypnosis is basically a deep state of calm. This can result in a powerful combination of dissociation, immersion, and openness to new experiences. It's said that people with great imaginations are more likely to be suggestible and great for hypnosis. Oh, great imagination. I know. There you are. Oh, oh great minds. Oh, the great minds are suggestible hair flip. (laughs) You're in a trance-like state. Modern hypnotherapists call it a hypnotic state. For some, this may take a while to get to, and for others, this may only be like a few minutes of your time, and then bop, you're there. Scientists have done brain imaging studies to see what happens inside a hypnotized brain. During hypnosis, okay, activity in the brain region that helps people switch between tasks quiets down. So your busy brain that's always like this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing. It's like, shh. It, you like put a blanket on it. And it's just like, oh, it's nice and warm and fuzzy and you don't have to worry or think about anything. Oh. The same region seems to disconnect from another area that's responsible for self-reflection and daydreaming, which may be why hypnotized people aren't worried about who they are or what they're doing. Researchers have also found that hypnosis can calm brain regions that help with your heart rate, blood flow, and breathing. So we're just deep, deep state of calm. Mm -hmm. At this point, if you're doing a therapy session, the hypnotherapist doctor will suggest points of your trauma and you'll be able to talk through it. Sometimes they may suggest a rewiring or reframing of that event so that you can begin to think about it in a different way. You're kind of like pivoting your experience to kind Mm -hmm. of make it less scary or painful or just traumatizing in general as tara was saying you can just like boof have it leave your body put it back put it back in the folds yeah put it back in the file Mm -hmm. because we don't need this on the front of our desktop all the time no we're cleaning our desktop we got to clean up you got to clean up your brain if you're under hypnosis on stage or with a professional hypnotist This is when they may suggest that you become a chicken or do something fucking ridiculous for public enjoyment. And from the videos I've watched on this, usually the hypnotist makes a point to tell you that whatever you're about to do, you shouldn't hurt yourself. You shouldn't be straining your body. Like if you're running around clucking like a chicken, they'll say that you can't do anything that's unsafe. And they'll even outline which part of the stage they want you on while you're doing the act to keep you safe. And so that you're not trying to like, 
fly off the stage chicken style or anything like that. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. Like, it's not like you're a chicken, but it's kind of like you're going to be safe. You're a chicken. You're going to be in this, like, red square. Mm-hmm. Because it seems kind of like, um, I know I'm taking a tangent here, but it's kind of like genie wishes where you can't be too vague or you're, like, not getting what you want from the genie wish. Exactly, exactly. But I guess it's good that there's those safeguards there to keep you safe. Yeah, I think it's like the more specific that you can be. And like this shows up in a lot of places in witchcraft and like especially in spellcraft. It's like if you're very literal and direct uh, and you kind of cover all of your bases, you're not inviting in any kind of misinterpretation. But the pointedness makes the power of whatever spell hypnosis more powerful right Mm -hmm. when you have something to focus on i love that eventually the hypnotist hypnotherapist will tell you to wake up from the hypnotic state and to remember the conversations that took place then you're thrown back into the real world and can see if the lessons that you took from the hypnotic state can be applied to your real life or if you just wasted thousands of dollars (laughs) to be continued very empathetic about chickens (laughs) we'll never eat another chicken again i always feel empathetic about chickens baby they're so cute (laughs) they are very cute so cute i like the ones with the fancy hair oh yes they have like give me give me about that chicken yes i love the the mohawks yes Mm -hmm. fashion chicken vogue love it you can also induce self-hypnosis this was also a patreon question Which, if you're doing that, you need to make sure you know your goal beforehand. Like, your goal when you're doing it with someone else can kind of come out or like a generalized idea of it. But when you're doing self-hypnosis, you really need to know what you're aiming for. Because it's basically you inside your own mind trying to reframe your mind. That's a lot of responsibility. Little tiny Tara's and Alicia's inside our brain. Just yelling at each other, screaming. Oh, I hate it. Evil! Evil! <laughs> you can't let them loose in there. They're going to start no, pulling they're wires. wild. There are several ways to induce self-hypnosis. If this sounds interesting to you, here are some suggestions. Always make sure you're comfortable and in a comfortable and safe space. You probably want it to be more of a quiet space. So if you have a significant other who, I don't know, sometimes yells at playing video games or something, tell them to fucking leave your home. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell them to go on a walk. Get out of my house. Go play with your friend Kevin, your internet friend Kevin, at his place with his girlfriend. Not over here. Here's one way to induce it. You count back from 100. So you're going to open your eyes on all even numbers and close your eyes on all odd numbers. So 100, eyes open. 99, eyes closed. 98, eyes open, etc. So basically, your eyes are going to get so tired that it's going to help you to get into this like deep, calm space. And this is called the confusional method. It confuses your mind with the opening and closing of your eyes. And usually you don't make it to the number one. So don't worry, you're not actually going to hit zero. You're going to be in the state, the hypnotic state, before you even get there. There's also a method called progressive relaxation. And for this... Make sure you're lying down comfortably and you imagine a white light coming over the crown of your head and slowly drifting down each muscle of your body, but like really visualizing each muscle and just slowly coming down until your whole body has been illuminated. That is very magical. That one's very magical. Yes. That one feels like like a little more astral projection almost. Mm -hmm. Your mind also does not do negatives. So if you're looking to gain more confidence, you cannot say, I am not nervous. I am no longer nervous. I am no longer scared because your mind is just, it jumps to like the power words. The power word is not not. The power word is scared, terrified, nervous. So what you want to do is I am confident. I am strong. I don't know. Abundance comes for me. Whatever, whatever you want to say. I am abundance. I love it. That's Mr. Abundance to you. Yes. And then you may see pictures or visualizations. So for this, try to visualize yourself going to a party and making eye contact with people if your whole goal is confidence. 
and laughing and having a good time, like visualize you being in that setting and you being the best version of yourself. And if you can't visualize it because you're just like, my brain literally does not work that way, can't do that, that's totally okay. But just keep saying your goal over and over. Like the words help more than the visualization. Mm -hmm. Words Mm -hmm. are power, baby. They are. Power yourself up. You know, it's just that actually reminded me that there literally are people that cannot think in images. Mm -hmm. I forgot about that until this. Yeah. And like Bobby Condon found out that he can't think in images because he made a tweet that was like bashing authors for all of the descriptive work that they're doing when they write books like describing all of these spaces Mm -hmm. and he's like why do you waste all this time describing all of these spaces like we can't imagine them we can't you know you're just wasting time and then at the age of like nearly 40 he was like what do you mean the rest of you can see the red dog on the brown log what do you mean that's pretty funny you can imagine the view of Paris from the hunchback of Notre Dame's cave or whatever that would be really weird to read books and be like none of this is sticking Yeah, he says he doesn't, when he dreams, it's still pictures. Like a fucking old-time camera? Yeah, like as if you're like going through your um, vacation pictures in the 1950s. That's so crazy. In the 1980s, an autobiographical book came out called Michelle Remembers. And Michelle Smith, who's the one that is doing the remembering, (laughs) was seeking treatment for depression after a miscarriage by one Dr. Lawrence Pastor. During the first few sessions, Michelle would tell her doctor that she felt like she had something important to tell him, but she couldn't remember it. She got to write that shit down. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) how are you supposed to remember? (laughs) That's like they tell you when you go to the doctor, write down all your symptoms and everything you want to talk about. Because they're scary places. Yeah, you'll forget. The doctors don't want to be there with you. Mm -hmm. They're mad you're there. Yep, absolutely. In an attempt to recover this important information, Dr. Pazder subject Michelle to hypnotic-induced recovered memory therapy, okay? And this book is the collection of their hypnosis sessions over the next 14 months where Michelle recounts memories Mm -hmm. of satanic ritual abuse at the hands of her mother in the Church of Satan, okay? Hmm. So this is is one of those moments where it's a little tough, maybe a little Sigmund Freud-y, to get into hypnosis with a hypnotherapist. This, quote, Church of Satan was a worldwide organization that predated the Christian church, and allegedly at the age of five, Michelle was subject to an 81-day ritual where they summoned the devil himself in the flesh. He was here. What does he look like? Do you think he's hot? I don't. I bet he's wet. Well, he's, like, gooped. Yeah, it's kind of like when a baby comes out and they're covered in SpaghettiOs, but mm-hmm. this is, like some kind of hell mucus yeah but i do feel i also feel a little bit like he's toned oh yeah yeah not beefy but like toned yeah just you can see the muscles Mm -hmm. yeah hot she's i gotta take a break hold (laughs) on don't mind me this ritual was only subverted by intervention from jesus the virgin mary and the archangel michael who healed her scars and altered her memory of the ritual abuse. Wait a second. Did all those people come? Yeah, everybody. Went. Jesus came back. He's been back before. And it is to help this little five-year-old Michelle. I mean, that's adorable because she's five years old. But also, that's a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, you need to call your best friend, your mom, everybody. Yeah. The police? Come beat up this guy. Come beat up the devil. So wild. Okay. Michelle claims that she was locked in a cage, tortured, sexually assaulted, witnessed human sacrifice, and was rubbed in the blood and organs of sacrificed, unbaptized children. Which is a lot. Mm -hmm. So here's the poop in Pazder's practice. Pazder, a trusted medical professional, seduced and ended up marrying (gasps) his patient, Michelle Smith. So they all lovers. They they left their spouses for each other. That is not good. Yeah, the ethics on this That's frowned are, upon. Yeah, it's you should never you can you can get a crush on your therapist, but your therapist is never allowed to act on any crushes that they have. I wonder what did it for him. He's like, "Oh, you've seen the devil? I am the devil." Like, I don't know what is it. I have no idea. Maybe it's like power, like suggestibility, mm-hmm. and like this particular woman was like just ready to say anything. <laughs> 
Oh, I wonder if that's like even worse though. If he's like, you should leave your husband. Like that kind of suggestibility. Mm -hmm. <gasps> mm -hmm. You should cut your bangs. Ooh, I mean, yeah, but. Ooh. Once this book comes out, right? It's got a lot of claims. Mm -hmm. And so journalists and investigators take it seriously and start researching and interviewing family members and neighbors of Michelle. Michelle's father notes that nothing is mentioned of Michelle's several other sisters <laughs> in the book who would have been prime for sexual ritual abuse yeah. but never show up. And then details like locations, car crashes, or an obvious 81-day absence from kindergarten necessary to hold this ritual, none of it was found. Okay, what if it was a summer ritual, though? Like, school's out. I mean, fair. That's fair. But, in fact, an 81-day ritual in the heart of Ross Bay Cemetery, which is surrounded by on three sides by apartments and residential buildings where a child was screaming covered in blood, would have probably been noticed by somebody at some point in the two months that it was happening. That's a good point. But yes, it could have been summer break. Also, kindergartners go missing all the time, right? It's like the 1950s. Yeah. They're getting snatched. They're just jumping trains. It's wild back then. <laughs> just a bunch of orphans. They're just boxcar kittens. And just hardy boy it all day, all night. They're just babysitters clubbing it. <laughs> across the great American Southwest. It's beautiful out there. They're just goosebumps and <laughs> up and down, up and down the country. <laughs> Cannot trust a 1950s kindergartner. So while Michelle may have fully believed these things happened to her, her memories were fabricated through the efforts, intentioned or not, of an unethical hypnotherapist, right? Absolutely. In some way, this doctor influenced her and put her through all of this publicity and that isn't actually that uncommon. There's a really famous expose that was done in the 1990s on memory regression therapy that shows a preteen girl like screaming and crying and peeing herself, reliving a traumatic gang rape that never happened. It's a very disturbing video. I did not put it here because it's really hard to watch. Yeah. Well, that's so and sad. And if you remember from our Satanic Panic episode, Michelle Remembers was a battle cry for the Christian right during the Satanic Panic of the 1980s, which led to all kinds of accusations about Satanic ritual abuse in schools and daycares and kindergartens. Mm -hmm. My next tab says, hypnotism used for crime? Ooh. So I was watching Ben 10, as I've been doing since Michael's been away at his bachelor weekend, and hypnosis comes up a lot. In Ben 10? In Ben 10, there's three things come up a lot. Crumbling pathways that these like children and their elderly grandpa have to run mm. to mm -hmm. like Egyptian pyramid style. People falling from space. Yeah. Just openly with no breathing apparatus. <laughs> and then hypnotism. Interesting. It had the pulse of the people back then in the 2000s. Ben it's 10. It's very of the times. So... My question was, has hypnotism been used in crimes? And there are several people who have claimed hypnotism as an excuse for committing horrible crimes. So one very famous, Susan Atkins, claimed she was hypnotized by Charles Manson to commit the murders of the pregnant Sharon Tate and her friends. I mean, at that point, bitch just got to say anything to get out of that mess, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. She's mm. like, I got an upside down cross on my forehead. But I didn't put it there. Mm-hmm. Likely story. Saran Saran claimed that he was hypnotized by a woman in a polka dot dress who pinched his shoulder, the signal to start shooting, after which he went out to shoot Bobby Kennedy. Crazy, dude. But excuses aside, people have been acquitted because of this claim of hypnotism. Anna Evans, a 17-year-old German girl, was hypnotized by a mysterious Dr. Bergen on a train. He would keep her in a hypnotic state for years. What? She gets married under hypnosis, stealing money from her, pimping her out like sexually to other men in the hypnotist community, and eventually commanding her to kill her husband. <gasps> what? So she fails to do it, and Dr. Bergen was sent to 12 years in prison while Anna was sent to another hypnotist who broke her trance. Oh my God. Can you imagine like if that just like didn't work? You're just bouncing around hypnotists. Just like, get me out of here. I can't stop wanting to kill my husband. That's so crazy. See, that's what I was saying about like the cult thing. I was like, I feel like hypnotism should play more of a role. 
in cults than it has, which maybe I'm giving someone the next billion dollar cult idea, but someone named Schmerishmeck. And then of course, I just kind of had like a personal beef with like while we were researching this is that so many books and articles I found about hypnosis were all about hypnosis for weight loss. I don't know if you ran into this. It seemed to be like 80% of the shit I was like just sifting through. Yeah. So I wrote down some of the book titles that are at the top of the Libby app, which are Extreme Rapid Weight Loss Hypnosis, Extreme Weight Loss Hypnosis, Gastric Band Hypnosis, The Self-Hypnosis Diet, followed by a bunch of Paul McKenna books that are like, I will make you thin, emotional Whoa. eating. Okay. Weight loss seems to be only second to quitting smoking on the list of reasons people go to hypnotists. Like if you can judge that just by the Google results, there's something about this that feels really exploitative, especially when research from studies I found from the National Library of Medicine seem to say that it's really only effective when used in conjunction with like the 10 other things you're supposed to do when you're trying to lose weight. But it's marketed as this like cure, like you're going to solve your hunger, you're going to solve your cravings when like it's actually kind of just a piece of the pie, the weight loss pie. This is entirely anecdotal, so like don't put too much emphasis on it, but hypnosis also may not always work how you think it will. Georgia Hardstark of MFM once told the story about how her mother went to see a hypnotist to cure her craving for soda. Instead, she wanted to replace this craving with water, mm -hmm. and it worked. Her mom doesn't drink soda anymore, but she'll have a full-blown panic attack if she doesn't have water on her at all times. Okay, well, that's a little wild. That's not what we want from this. No, we don't. It's like, that's why I think also you have to be, like Alicia said, very direct and literal. Genie rules. Genie rules, yeah. Now, that's not to entirely poo-poo hypnosis for weight loss because Alicia said it can work. Like, these things can help you. People who have unhealthy relationships to food have said that it's unblocked major pain points for them. I'm thinking about the cheesy potatoes lady from TLC. <laughs> but it's more likely to work in roundabout visualizations where you reassess your assumptions about dieting and working out and what constitutes healthy food. Like you may not believe that you deserve healthy food or you may use food as a substitute for community comfort and emotional regulation, etc. Mm -hmm. So it is helpful with all of those things. If you are trying to go to a hypnotist to just stop feeling hungry, that's not going to work. Genie rules. You're going to starve to death. Yeah. It's not a good idea gonna, Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of the company Noom. They're not doing hypnosis. But the whole idea is like you have to be able to believe that you can lose weight. And that's mm -hmm. kind of where like the hypnosis could come in. Like if you're trying to lose weight, you could be like, I don't know, hypnotize yourself. Like I can lose weight. I can make better choices for my body and diet, exercise, blah, blah, blah. But it's it doesn't make you like do it. May mm -hmm. It makes you think that maybe you can do it now, which is great, instead of, like, beating yourself up. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. Any remaining thoughts on hypnotism? I don't trust it. This is not her witchcraft. I would try it, but I, I don't think I'd be a suitable candidate. It reminds me of Reiki mm -hmm. a little bit in the sense that, like, when we were talking about Reiki, we kind of came to the conclusion that any kind of specified quartered off time to focus on your body and your health is good for you. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not the magic hands are working. Mm -hmm. That like if you sit and you think about your throat healing and you believe that it can work, that your throat will get better. Yeah. So you're making the time to, you know, be like, I am confident. I am confident. I can do it. And then it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, your body, your mind wants to hear those things. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I'm just, I'm very surprised, like, about the full-blown panic attack with that bitch who couldn't have water at one point. It's just, like, stuff like that. It feels very double-edged sword, which also makes me even more suspicious. Yeah, like, two-fold rule situation. Mm -hmm. Three-fold rule, whatever the witchy rule is. Yeah. But also, I don't know how scientific that is like I think that if she is having those symptoms after a couple months I might have gone back to the hypnotist yeah right and like fix me you fucked up yeah you fucked me and you gave me all of these regressive memories and now I can't enjoy a diet coke 
Well. What is that? Do you hear that? Get in close. Here, come here. Let me whisper something in your ear. Oh, which is in the news with a pop. Yay! I'm trying to I'm trying to mix it up a little bit. I love that. In year five. We're like in kindergarten, right? Yes, we are, yeah. We're talking. Oh it's weird if we shit our pants, but it's not terribly unacceptable. It happens sometimes. And it's an accident. Yeah. I think peeing happens more. It might be weird I if agree. you shit your pants. <laughs> My your teacher doesn't want to deal with that shit. Yeah, that's that's pretty gross. It is. Our first story, the search for Nessie is on. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Tara actually found this article. It was incredible. So kudos. Good job. Thanks, Reddit. The Loch Ness Center, in partnership with a group called Loch Ness Exploration, and volunteers around the world will scan the Loch Ness for any signs of a large, monster-sized life creature. The last search of the size happened in 1972, which utilized film cameras to see if the Loch Ness Monster would, like, pop up or if they could find it underwater. But this time, the Loch Ness Center is using a mix of thermal imaging drones and underwater microphones. Like, we are more advanced. We are high tech. Mm -hmm. Each person there will be armed with their smartphone to record anything unusual and webcams will be streaming from multiple vantage points of the lake to let volunteers around the globe watch to see if they can see anything. Yes. Oh, you mean me? Like yes. Okay. The search will occur on the weekend of August 26th and 27th. If you live in Scotland, you can go. You could go. It's not a closed site. You can go. You can go. It's just a whole fucking lake. There are like multiple places you can go. You can visit the Loch Ness Center's website to participate in the project. And, you know, I put in my information. I was trying to be like, hit me up with a webcam. Like, I'll spend a day, like, having a beautiful video of a lake on my laptop while I, like, mm -hmm. desperately look to see if I can find Nessie. They're going to, like, put the microphone down in into the depths of the lake. And they're just going to hear, Shakira, Shakira. I don't know how to hit a voice like that. I don't know how to hit a hips like that. Como se llama? Bonita. Mikasa. Shakira, <laughs> Shakira. But I was like, that's so cool. And they were like, we'll have skeptics come, whatever. I was listening to the little podcast snippet they had on this article. Mm -hmm. And it was basically like, we get a lot of skeptics. But if you're ever in Loch Ness, you're watching that lake. Just in yeah. case. Even like the greatest skeptics are looking out at the lake just in case something happens. And I'm like, that's so true. Got him. Everybody wants to believe. I wonder if because it's like not a closed, I almost said closed set, but like it's not a closed like research situation that we're going to get maybe a couple of uh, Uncle Jims or whatever, like dressed in alligator costumes and like people that are going to, I'm just thinking like Scooby-Doo era. It was the miner the whole time. Yeah, maybe. It was the rich billionaire. The article was also saying that they don't really think Nessie is a dinosaur like they used to think, but that she could possibly be some kind of giant squid situation. Oh, yeah. Because y'all used to say there's no giant squids. And then what did we find out recently? There are giant squids. Take that, Biden. It's like this shit is out here. Insane. I believe. Our next story is about Acropolis tourism. Acropolis. The Greek government has confirmed visits to the Acropolis of Athens, Greece's most popular archaeological site, very spooky site, will be capped starting in September. So this is for anyone who's looking at their Grecian vacation. So you better know this info. There will be a maximum of 20,000 people each day allowed in and varying hourly entry limits. So now you got to plan ahead. You can't just pop up at Acropolis now. About 23,000 people have been visiting Acropolis every day. So we're cutting 3,000 of those. We're getting rid of those people. Mostly in the hours right before lunch. And it's just too many fucking people. Timed tickets. Yeah. There will be no limit on how long visits may last. So once you're in, you're in. But under the new system, 3,000 people will be granted access from 8 to 9 a.m., 2,000 during the next hour, and the numbers will vary during the rest of the day. 
And the goal for these time limits is to better be able to protect the monuments as well as improving visitors' experience with the site. Because, you know, you have a question and you want to, like, ask someone about it, but there's Mm -hmm. 20,000 people there. You're not going to be able to ask anyone about it. And then I'm sure you're, like, crawling all over shit and, like, how can you control that many people? It's ridiculous. Some, like, stupid teens, like, carving their initials into Mm -hmm. things. Yep. Their initials and their first girlfriend's initials. And it's like, you guys aren't even going to be together in two years. You haven't even fucked. Yeah. How dare you? Ridiculous. I don't even know what love is. And then our final story is about the Illinois Oz Festival. Hollis Park in Mapleton, Illinois, hosts the Illinois Oz Festival every year. And it celebrates all things Wizard of Oz. Which I was like, that's very charming. That's adorable. This year, the festival took place on Saturday, August 12th. So we like literally just missed it. But it sounds like it was such a cute little time. The festival had a slew of characters from the movies, as well as vendors, a puppet show, which I love a puppet show, food, and even a yellow brick road, of course. This year, the festival held a witch cackling contest. Oh, my God. This is how they pitched it. Think you've got what it takes to be a wicked witch? Come show off your skills in our wicked witch cackling contest for the chance to win a wicked prize. Is it so cute? I love this so much. I couldn't find any information on who won or what the prize was, but I just thought it was such an adorable idea. And wouldn't it be so goofy? You're just like, you know, family outing to the Wizard of Oz park and Aunt Sally is cackling like a witch and you win a prize. Like, 10-10, what a great experience. What an endearing story. Yeah. That's going to fix your trauma before any hypnosis does. It is like, that's a core memory you're making. So beautiful. This was so wholesome. I really needed this. Yeah, so cute. And that has been Witches in the News. We kept it cute. We kept it light. Thank you. Thank you. Now we've got to banish that envy, right? Now we got to banish that evil. So this is a spell to ditch friend envy from pod favorite Basic Witches by JSXena and Jess Zimmerman. I really love a lot of the rituals in Basic Witches because so many of them are about recognizing the power you already have within yourself. But sometimes it can feel like no matter how much you do or how hard you try, someone else always has more. Jay and Jess use the example of one of your friends is dating the person that you like or they're doing better in their career than you. And like that's just like that can sit. You can get drunk on that jealousy. Well, if they're dating the person you like, they're going to break up. Don't worry. It's not going to last. This is a phase. Jealousy is a normal emotion, baby witches. And you can use this feeling as a roadmap for what you want in your own life. However, sometimes it can get in the way of having a healthy relationship with someone you love. So here's a spell to ditch that friend envy. Here's what you need. Two pieces of paper. One small and one big. Okay, so I'm thinking you rip one in half and you keep a full sheet for the other. Mm -hmm. A pen or pencil. And then a light blue and yellow crayon, colored pencils or markers of some kind. On the small piece of paper, write down what it is that your friend has that you want. And basic wishes forewarns, you should be very specific and direct. It shouldn't just be a boyfriend, right? Because fucking anybody can get a boyfriend. Genie rules. They say it's like, is it the feeling of being loved? Is it intimacy? Like, what is it that you truly want? Is it that it's Jason from clarinet class and she knows that you like him? Mm Mm-hmm. And she dazed him anyway. They always know. Yeah. Now on the large piece of paper, list everything that brings joy into your life. And this isn't like a contest, like keep your friend out of it. No comparisons. What brings you joy in your life? So Alicia, what is something that like, what sparks joy, baby girl? Hummingbirds. Oh, almost every morning, a hummingbird will come to our patio. We have like some fake target flowers hanging. They'll go to the flowers and be like, and then they leave to find actual plants. But every time they try, because they're like, oh, are these flowers? And then they're like, oh, no, no, they're not. And they fly away. But I'm like, hi, bye. Aww. You keep getting them. You got them again and again. They're silly. So that's great. That's a, a fantastic example. Hummingbirds, the hummingbirds that visit, like, like you can be as like granular as you want. Just like 
think about all of the abundance in your life. Envision before you two balls of energy, one pink and one green. Read your list of things that bring you joy, and as you speak, imagine that the green ball is getting smaller and the pink one is getting larger, swelling to fill your entire room. Once you've read this list three times, fold the small piece of paper into a tiny square and then place it inside the larger one, and then allow the larger paper to fold around itself and its tiny counterpart. Your joy and recognition of abundance protecting you from the power of this green envy. Mm. Now scribble with your markers on the outside of this little beautiful feelings packet. Light blue for tranquility and understanding and yellow for breaking down mental blocks. Close your eyes. Take a few deep breaths. And I want you to thank yourself for not denying your envy. That's the worst thing that you can do about any feeling is say, I don't feel this or I don't want to feel this, so I'm going to reject it. You should never reject your feelings because they are an important part of you and they're trying to tell you something. But within all of this, while recognizing your envy, you also are not denying the joy that is all around you. This feeling is smaller than the abundance that you have. Keep this package somewhere safe until you feel your feelings of envy have dissipated. And again, that's a spell to ditch friend envy by the tried and true classic basic witches. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was such a beautiful episode. We spoke about this like really fast at the beginning where we were like, we thought that hypnotism would be more witchy than it ended up being. A lot more science. Mm -hmm. But I feel like with the witch cackling contest and then with the spell, we've like, we made it back to witchy in the end. Yeah. I actually, um, I listened to this podcast called Small Town Murder and their most recent episode was about um, what's mm -hmm. called the barbecue murders. And the whole premise of the barbecue murders is that this teenage girl hypnotized this man, this adult man who was in love with her what? to like kill her parents. And her whole thing okay. was that she's a witch. And she convinced all of her friends that she was a witch. This is in the, like the 1970s. And um, he went to jail and she didn't. Work. Good for her. And like he would constantly talk about like how all she had to do was hypnotize him with those those little <laughs> witch eyes and like he would do whatever she wanted so that's also that was why I was like oh we I wonder if there's anything witchy about this and I think it's just like people making people yeah. do things they don't want to do the power of suggestion like that's very witchy like as a concept that's very witchy yeah Franz Mesmer not a witch just a weirdo and like the self-hypnosis like working like doing the shadow work like that you can make it more witchy Mm -hmm. You could put on this pointy hat. You could make anything witchy. You could do some kind of spiritualist show that involves hypnotism and like earn your riches that way as a psychic mm -hmm. scam artist, like sponsored by Witch Yes. I would love that. Yeah. If you want to be on an episode of Witch Yes, just over the next five years, create an <laughs> empire where you take advantage of old people. Easy. I love that. Then you can have your own episode. And speaking of old people, I'd like to thank our producer, Marcel Perez, <laughs> our creative director, Mallory Porter, and Kevin McLeod, who, <laughs> so old, who does her music with the intro and outro each week. Yeah, the Mallory one's funny because she's older than you, but she's younger than me. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Kevin McLeod is... Is older. Uh confirmed geriatric i'd also really like to thank everyone um regardless of how geriatric they are uh who's written an apple podcast review um subscribe to our channels on spotify and wherever else you're listening to podcasts please head over to apple Podcasts, give us five stars alicia and i don't advertise anywhere um so everything is based off of word of mouth and giving us reviews helps people find our podcast and we are entering our spooky season this is our prime time season of getting new followers baby witches tell your friends we're so funny send them the Helen Duncan episode <laughs> it was great send them that one and if Alicia they want to send you anything if they want to talk to you call you out you can find me on Instagram at Alicia period herder I don't know how I'll do with criticism but I love compliments 
I'm a classic beauty, remember? <laughs> right, yeah. Heart reacts only for the classic beauty over here. If you want to find Tara, where do you go? Uh, you're going to go on Instagram to her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. And again, you're going to see me in Dallas at the Dallas Other Art Fair in October. And then allegedly at the Brooklyn Other Art Fair in November. Oh, she's a busy girl. I love that. Trying so hard. Witch Yes, the podcast is on Instagram at Witch Yes. Share an episode in your stories. Tag us. We'll feature you on our stories. That's where, you know, we send the memes. We send the different reels. It's a vibe over there. It's a vibe. Mm -hmm. You can also join our Discord server and have a beautiful group of witchy people that you can just hang out with, talk about witchcraft, talk about life. There's a network of support for you right there. If you don't like the socials, you can always contact us via email at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. And then, baby witches, if two episodes a month is not enough for you, if you hunger... Oh, they're starving. ...for almost 100 extra episodes. You can find us on Patreon. $5 Patreon, which is and above, are getting two extra episodes a month. $10 and above get access to our close friends list and more. They get to ask us questions. A lot of our questions today for hypnotism were based on Patreon questions. Woo! Get in there. It's where the party's at. It's a fun place to be. And almost 100. 100 episodes. Centennial. Yeah. After that, we can stop. (laughs) I can fucking go do something else. Get my doctorate. Throw in the towel. Learn to play piano. Okay. Anything else, baby? I think I'm good. She's good. She's ready to go. And you know what that means? That this has been... Witch, yes! Buenas noches. Five star reviews. Send money. Venmo. Tara Dash Cat. <laughs>